Welcome to The Closing Room, brought to you by Capital Title Insurance Agency. The Closing Room is an interview show where our guests are other professionals in the real estate services industries who all have the same goal, help the customer get to The Closing Room. I'm your host, Tom Lico, and my co-host today is the Director of Sales and Marketing for Capital Title, Lisa R. Hey, Lisa, thanks again for being our co-host today. I trust all is well in your world. Everything's great. Happy to be here. All right. Today, let's talk about the Real Estate One Charitable Foundation. Uh, Crane's Detroit Business last week had an article about how 2020 was a tough year for charitable organizations. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to highlight the REO Foundation. So do you want to introduce today's guest for us? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Uh, Jennifer Essery comes to the REO Foundation by way of Arkansas, Kansas, and then Detroit. She's the mother of four boys and the wife of, of 30 years to Rodrigo. Jennifer's background doesn't seem like a likely path to the foundation, but then again, it kind of does. Her story is really interesting and I think best told by her. So join me in welcoming the manager of the Ario Foundation, Jennifer Essery. Welcome Jennifer and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, congratulations on a still pretty impressive 2020 for the foundation, all things considered. And so before we start talking about the, uh, the foundation and the accomplishments, I want to get into your background a little bit, just in our, in our show prep, learning about you. you have, uh, you're from Arkansas, I think, originally, yeah. bachelor's degree in psychology from University of Arkansas, uh, Kansas, a bachelor's degree in Spanish, a law degree from University of Kansas. How did you end up in Michigan running a charitable foundation, that background, just uh, if you could touch on just that path. It's a very impressive background, by the way. Sure. Thanks. Well, being a transplant to Michigan, it is kind of an interest, interesting story as to how I got here. But um, to back up a little bit, I did attend the University of Kansas. That's where all of my degrees are from. Oh, okay. My husband and I were both in school there. Um, he was offered an opportunity here to move to the Detroit metropolitan area to run a lighting design studio for Smith Group. And at the same time, I was accepted into law school at the University of Kansas. So we went our separate ways um, and he moved up here and I finished up the law degree program in an accelerated path and then joined him two years later um, to be able to kind of pass the bar here, get my profession going. Uh, and that's when I joined the prosecutor's office of Oakland County, spent the majority of my time there handling family law cases, so child abuse and neglect primarily. Um, then stepped out to raise uh, two of my three incredibly spirited children, uh, <laughs> needed to be able to spend more time focusing on their, um, their development. Uh, so really enjoyed the, the law aspect, wanted to stay involved. So I did some guardian ad litem work. Uh, I set up a practice myself in order to be able to focus on the guardian ad litem work um, and really had achieved a balance between work and family. Uh, and then out of the blue, a colleague of mine called with the opportunity with the Real Estate One Charitable Foundation. Um, my initial response was thanks, but no thanks, I'm happy. Uh, and she was very persistent until I finally said, okay, I'll do an interview and let's just see what it's all about. Um, and that's how I ended up here. I had some nonprofit experience when I was in uh, school at the University of Kansas. I was an executive secretary for a nonprofit firm, but it was business driven. So it certainly was not the charitable um, type of organization that I've, I've had the privilege, privilege of working with for the last several years. Right. Wow. That's uh, that's quite a pass. So how long have you lived in Michigan now then? 
Um, 20 years. Okay. Yeah. So your kids, so your spirited boys, they were all born and raised in. Yes. In yeah. Areas. And we've adopted it as our home. We love it. Okay. That's good. That's great. Um, so can you talk about the final numbers raised in 2020? I know we got off to a, a slow start pandemic hit and everything kind of locked up, but we had a strong second half as people adjusted. What did we end up, uh, what were our final numbers? So we don't have final final yet because um, we still have people trickling in with uh, last um, part of December fundraising, but it's going to be, we're at 712,000 currently. So I expect 715, maybe 720 at the outside, um, 720,000. So given the year that we had, I would say that our folks and their generosity and their commitment to local communities has just really shown the bright side. Yeah. Just in, in comparison, what did we raise in uh, 2018 and 2019? So in 2018, we had um, 804,554. And then in 2019, we had 931,812. So we've had on average prior to 19, sorry, prior to 2020, we had an average growth rate of 25% year over year. Um, you factor in the 23% decline that we had in 2020, and we end up still at a 19% growth rate over the years that I've calculated it from 2014 to current time. Yeah, let me just real quick, if I can add to that too. Uh, so we were knocking on the door of a million. So 2020, yes. like that was going to be the year. But there's a story Stu tells, uh, I think is interesting. Back when you started, what was what were the numbers when you started in uh, 2013, 2014? So in 2013, so I, I joined in the fall, the late fall of 2013. And the numbers were 248,000. Right. And um, you, you said to Stu, I think we can get to a million. And he thought you were crazy. Like, yeah. No and in fact, I, in fact I, I said, I think we can get to a million in five years. And he just yeah. looked at me like I had lost my mind. <laughs> um, so if you factor in the fact that the first year I spent really just getting to understand the grassroots organization, right. because the charitable foundation is a phenomenal organization and that it did the work that it did before they even had a paid staff person. Yeah. Um, so the first year that I was with the foundation, I spent learning all of the events, all of the organizations, be becoming familiar with, participating in every single thing that I could so I could understand where the interest and desires laid with our folks across the company. So yeah. if you don't count that learning year, 2020, would have been the million dollar year, right? So, so it's we were we were set to make that goal. So I'm sure I'll never live that down that I didn't achieve it. But I just saw so much potential, especially when you have a company like we do that supports in such a generous way all of our interests in serving the community, volunteering and financial support. Uh, there's no way we can't just tap into that generosity and really flourish. Right. So what, what are some of the charities that, we, that the foundation has been able to help? So on an annual basis, we have our corporate organizations that we support. And of course, that's the Alzheimer's Association, Child and Family Services that services Northern Michigan. We have Leukemia Lymphoma, Multiple Sclerosis Society, um, Special Olympics Michigan, Forgotten Harvest, Ozone House. So we have all of those that we're annually committed to. 
but I was taking a look at the number of organizations in addition to those seven that we support. And in 2019, we supported an additional 63 um, wow. organizations in our wow. local communities. So one of the things that we really um, hope for our, our um, folks across the company to do is to look in their backyards and see what organizations that they want to that they want to support that they have a passion for, right. because that's where the growth has really come from. Mm -hmm. So the majority of our organizations that we support are health and human services organizations, even at the local local level. Uh, and then we have a, a pretty significant representation for um, animal rights. We just have a, a bunch mm -hmm. of animal lovers out there that, that yeah. support their humane societies and, and those sorts of things. So some of the organizations that we've had an opportunity to support in addition to our corporate, um, we Friends Indeed, uh, which is a safety net organization for low-income housing. Um, we have Great Lakes Burn Camp for Kids, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Northern Michigan, Neighborhood House in Rochester, Arts for All in Traverse City, Michigan Ability Partners supports veterans and people with barriers to employment. Um, we have Blue Star Service Dogs. We have Buy Kids for Kids, which is an organization of youth determined to uh, serve youth and inspire change in the world. We have Salinary Social Services, Down Syndrome Support Team, Special Days Camp, Kids on the Go, which is a pediatric nonprofit program, Avalon Housing, which provides housing to low income. I mean, I could go on and on. Yeah. The, so the number of organizations that we've reached is just tremendous. So really, it can come down to there's these these core ones that we're very involved with, like Special Olympics of Michigan, where we have a lot of volunteers in the winter and summer Olympics. But if someone has something, as you said, in their own backyard, that's important to them or important to that community, they can create a fundraiser and then the, the company still matches that, right? What Absolutely. Are you talking about Absolutely. the company match? We have some core requirements. Uh, the organizations have to be a 501c3. They have to stay in Michigan or, or be based in Michigan and have the funds stay in Michigan. It has to meet our core values as a company as well. Um, but run it by me. I mean, I'm available to review anything, any organization. I look them up on the Internal Revenue Service to make sure they're in good standing. Um, and we're, we're happy to provide that match, um, assuming that it meets the requirements. The match typically is 50%. So every dollar gets an additional 50 cents. There's no administrative cost um, tagged on to the foundation that is absorbed by Real Estate One, the family of companies. Uh, so 100% of money donated plus the 50% match goes directly to the organization. Now, because of 2020 being such a challenge with the COVID um, affecting our ability to do fundraising, uh, Stuart and, and Dan decided that a 100% match for the entire month of November and entire month of December might help us catch up. And, and thank goodness they, they did, because in those two months, we raised over $330,000 just wow. in those two months. Just in November, December? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's like we ran a special at the end of the month, Christmas special, 100% match. Right. <laughs> I, was right. Just, I was just going to say, the too, that um, Jennifer's really she really encourages people to think outside the box. I know Capital Title, when we were doing some of our mastermind classes that focused on baby boomers and beyond, um, we actually charged an entrance fee to get in and all that money went to Meals on Wheels yeah. and the foundation yeah. matched it. So that was really cool. The people, people when they came in and they found out what the, the charity was, 
they were giving more than our suggested donation, which was really- Well, that's a good segue into the next question I wanted to ask was, you know, we had to cancel. We normally have three golf outings and a lot of other outside, you know, uh, fundraising events. So what were some of the creative fundraising events that offices or departments came up with and maybe suggestions for, because we're still kind of in that same climate, probably the first half of this year. Right. So most of the corporate events that we would have participated in, the walks, those kinds of things, went virtual. So they were still, um, we were still capable of and participated in fundraising for those events. Unfortunately, virtual isn't the same uh, as being in person. Yet some of the organizations that we support at the corporate level really thought outside the box and did some pretty cool virtual things as, as well. Um, but locally, it, it's been so amazing to me. So some of the organizations that I just mentioned that we have supported, I, I wanted to kind of tie in their fundraising because it's also outside of the box. So one of them that I mentioned, Friends Indeed, um, they did an over the edge where it was repelling off of the graduate building in Ann Arbor. So you had to raise a certain amount of dollars in order to be uh, eligible to, to repel. And Carrie Newman, um, actually, uh, her, I think it was her husband and then another uh, person out of the uh, Reinhardt South office did that and raised a tremendous amount of money. Then we had, so I know that you guys did the virtual um, auction in place right. of the bake sale for Volunteers of America Adopt a Family. Um, and that raised a ton of money and you guys did such good, good work with that. We also had a bake sale in Traverse City um, for Big Brothers Big Sisters. Now it's a bake sale that they typically hold, but they had to do it a little bit differently this year and talk about thinking outside the box. Yeah. They did online ordering. So they pre-committed, they had people who pre-committed to what they were gonna bake. Okay. They had descriptions online. They ordered online, paid online, and then they scheduled a time to do drive-by pickup. And so the agents, you know, brought the baked orders out to the individuals who purchased it. And that was, you know, tremendously successful as well. Um, Neighborhood House uh, in Rochester, Festival of Trees, filled the pantry, people, you know, filling trucks with food. Um, Stroll for Art in Traverse City, the Arts for All organization is an organization that supports individuals with intellectual disabilities through art therapy, basically. And so they did a stroll through Traverse City to all the different art installations and you paid a registration fee and you got a card punched and you got a t-shirt um, mm -hmm. and they raised a bunch of money that way. Michigan Ability Partners, um, there was a biking and barbecue event um, that was held so social distanced. The, the mountain biking event allowed people to spread out. The barbecue was held in an out open space. Uh, that raised a ton of money. Blue Star Service Dogs, they did a calendar. Um, so the Clarkston office did a calendar with all the dogs and it was branded um, for the company, right? So it, yeah. they were able to hand those out to, to clients and to the community and they raised a lot of money that way. Um, so our, our folks have just been so creative in what they've come up with. That's just been uh, one of the COVID gifts, I would say, is that it forced everybody in all lines of work, personally and professionally, to just be a little more creative and get outside right. the box. And I think there's a lot of uh, things that we learn by trying new things that we can carry forward, even when we get past this. So, uh, so that's, uh, that's exciting. That's, it's great how people were able to adapt and say, how do we still do this? That was our thing with the bake sale. We've been doing it 25 straight years. Yep. Didn't want to stop the streak. So we had to convert it a little bit into that online auction, but just to keep that streak alive, you know, was, was important. 
I think what helps too is to know that, like I said earlier, that, that the company is behind you. You know, our folks took a look at the fact that Dan and Stuart were willing to put a 100% match in. And yeah. if they were willing to make that sacrifice, right. then how could we meet them for that 100%? And I, I tell you, it brought, some, it brought some people to the table who wouldn't normally have come to the table to do fundraising. Yeah. Um, created some relationships with charitable organizations that wouldn't have necessarily otherwise been created. So it, it has been a great, um, a great year for exactly that, for the creative, the, the relationship building, you know, how can we do things better and have a bigger impact? The, the other things I tried to talk about was we're in such a, a bifurcated economy right now because there's, there's pandemic friendly industries. Unfortunately, housing has been very friendly to that. And then there's not travel, leisure, hospitality. And because we've been fortunate to be on the good side of this and having a record year, I felt, and I tried to send that message, it was that much more important to give because there are a lot of people who are really struggling and we're not. So we're thankful, we're blessed. And let's more so let's, let's help out those that, that haven't. So it's just, it's a bizarre world. Like you're either in an industry that's having a record year or going bankrupt and there's no in between. It's that's right. And you know, what's interesting about that is, is the generosity has been um, unimaginable, really. It's just been great. But I've also had a call from lots of our people saying, when can we volunteer? You know, when are we going to be in a position to be able to give some sweat equity? Because that's just as important to our people. It's not just the giving of the money. The generosity is there for certain, but it's also the one-on-one -on -one contact. They went with the individuals that they're having an impact on. Um, and Special Olympics Michigan, as you, as you mentioned, right. is an organization that we spend thousands of volunteer hours on, uh, hundreds of volunteers every year, whether it be in the winter games or the summer games or the fall games or the polar plunge, right. um, any of those things that we do, uh, our folks really have, have established relationships with athletes that they look forward to seeing every year. They want that contact. And so we're really hoping that 2021 will be, um, as the year progresses, the year that we can get back into that volunteer mode and add that to our, our entire you know, portfolio of giving. So what does 2021 look like for events? Are we, do you think we're, is it okay to come back and have the golf outings? I say hate to bring those up, but I'm a big golfer <laughs> and, and I uh, pride myself in always going to all the golf outings. And we, we have three, right? That we right. are, that's one of a premier flagship event for some of our offices. So we have the screen door open for Special Olympics that our, our company wide, but pr primarily organized out of the central office. And then we have the Traverse City golf outing. And then we have the, um, Clint, um, sorry, Chesterfield Township golf outing. I, I hope, and Stuart and I had a conversation about this, where maybe if we push the dates further out into the summer, maybe early fall, we'll have a better uh, chance to have the face-to-face -face contact. I do know that a couple of organizations went ahead and had golf outings in 2020, um, and, and they were able to pull it off. And so the desire is there for sure. I just don't know if the organizations that we support are going to be in a position to um, facilitate something like that. So the Alzheimer's walk, for example, is still under consideration as to whether that's gonna happen. The Special Olympics Michigan polar plunge that we're right. huge participants in uh, is virtual this year. So it's a virtual polar plunge or a 5K frozen walk or run. Um, but they're hoping, they're hoping that the summer games are going to happen in June. Um, they're scheduling for them to happen in June. So I think, 
you know, there's this, this dose of caution that we're all taking, but we're also chomping at the bit to get out there and, and be active. Yeah, so I don't know what 21 is going to look like. Yeah. What, how, how do you do the, the virtual polar plunge? So you just have someone, you're still raising money and then yep. someone videos you jumping into some cold frozen pond. <laughs> yeah, this is how dedicated, yeah, this is how dedicated our folks are. In the past, we've had a, we've had a polar plunge that was canceled and we've had a polar plunge where the weather was really tricky and people weren't able to make it to their various polar plunge locations. Mm -hmm. So they self-sacrifice, went out into their backyard, laid down, rolled around in the snow, had family members spray them with a hose while they were in their bathing suit. I mean, we have folks that are so dedicated to doing the polar plunge that they will find ways to make it happen, even, even if there is one. Uh, okay. So I have no doubt that there's going to be some creative things. Um, there was a suggestion for a dunk tank, you know, maybe doing oh. a dunk tank. Uh, one of the offices was going to have a dunk tank in their parking lot. Um, oh. I think that was Rochester Karen Catalasria. She is a diehard polar plunger. Yeah. So we'll, we'll figure out ways to do it. But we're also thinking about maybe we can do a company-wide sort of 5K walk somewhere. If we can mm -hmm. find a, a public location where people would want to show up and walk socially distanced. Right. So we're really trying to explore ways that we can can still participate. Lisa, you've done the polar plunge a couple times, haven't you? I did. I think I did four or five years in a row until mm -hmm. I was having hip issues. So I had to stop. Mm -hmm. And now that I have a new hip, I can probably do it again. So <laughs> I did a few years do ago. that. Yeah, I did it a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, in the Detroit River, and that was my joke, where the temperature of the water was the least of your concerns. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, that's usually the way it is. The water is actually usually warmer than the yeah. ambient air temperature. So, yeah. you know, it's not the water that's the problem. It's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, and I remember we, uh, I was, Dan and I went in right after each other, and we were walking, they had a couple of hot tubs set up to like, right. And I thought, I don't want to shock the bacteria back to life. And, <laughs> and I wasn't sure how long chlorine works for, you know, a lot of people in there. So we just moved along and nice. uh, changed clothes. But uh, it was a great experience and uh, raised a lot of money. Big, big fuzzy bathrobe was my secret. I had it right there when getting out. That really nice. helped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I did is I went to Salvation Army and bought my entire outfit so that I could immediately just throw it away oh, <laughs> afterwards. So that was my strategy. Lisa, do you have another question for? Yeah, um, your background's very impressive. And um, we know that you just do this on a part-time basis. So how do you manage your time with, you know, your three spirited boys who I'm sure are probably all in some sport of some sort and, and doing the foundation work? Yeah, so the position is a 24 hour a week position. Um, and the, the, the saving grace of it is the support of the company in allowing me to do my job whenever I have time. So the only time restrictions that I have are event related. Um, a lot of Saturday events, a lot of evening events when we actually are meeting in person. But the paperwork, you know, the things behind the scene that need to get done, I can do them at any time that works with my schedule. And that, that is something that I'm so grateful for because it allows me to do a job that I love, work with people that I love, and still be available to do the drive to school, the pick up from school, the drive to sporting events, the drive to practice, you know, and the list goes on. And yes, they all three play two sports. So oh. it's, it's a busy thing. They're all yeah. uh, soccer players, right? For sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Soccer and basketball. Okay. So you become a slave to their schedule and then you fit yours <laughs> in around that, right? Exactly. Exactly. 
All right. Well, hey, now it's time for our Up Close from a Distance segment. So this is where we take a minute to get to know you a little better while maintaining our social distance. I'm going to ask you 10 questions, and I need the first answer that comes to mind, and you have 60 seconds. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Uh, what was your first concert? Um, Chicago. Uh, where at? Uh, Arkansas. Fayetteville, oh. Arkansas. Mm -hmm. If you could teach one subject in college, what would it be? Spanish. Okay. And I know you speak Spanish. What's another foreign language would you like to learn? Um, Italian. Ah, me too. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. And I'm assuming you've been here. Is Branson, Missouri worthwhile to visit? You know, you're asking the wrong person for that <laughs> one. Been there many times. <laughs> you've been there many times, you said? Yes. Okay. Uh, senior year of high school, where did you go on spring break? Uh, it was a staycation. Oh, okay. Uh, Who did you like better, Journey or REO Speedwagon? Oh, my gosh. Two of my favorite bands <laughs> of my era. Journey, because I was in love with Steve Perry until I discovered that he was like four foot ten and I was five <laughs> right. foot ten. Well, there's a segue into who was your first celebrity crush? Probably Brad Pitt. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite carnival food? Funnel cakes. Okay. And your favorite TV show of your childhood? Uh, you know what? I don't remember. I'll leave it to Beaver probably. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. uh, mine was Happy Days. I think that was mine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of good ones. Yeah. Well, hey, you got 10 for 10. So you win our home version of the game. Uh, if any of our viewers are looking to participate in char charitable events for the foundation, where can they go to see what's available or donate directly? Sure. So the Real Estate One Charitable Foundation has a website, uh, www.reocf.org, or you are welcome to email me, jessery at realestateone.com, and I'll be glad to entertain any questions about organizations or events, just anything that you might have um, for me with regards to the foundation. That sounds great. This was fun. Well, well that's our show for this week, and thank you again, Jennifer, for uh, being our guest. We appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, all right. Also, thank you to our sponsor, Capital Title, for making this possible. And to our viewers, hang on for a few seconds and we'll show you our humorous meme of the week. And we hope to see you next time in the closing room.